0: Hey girl, hey
1: girl hey welcome to the hey girl hey podcast and i'm your host kim miller thank you so much for tuning in to episode 20 i'm so excited about episode 20 like i'm just excited about every single episode <laughs> every time i have a, a new number episode i'm just like yes we're still here we are still here guys love y'all love y'all love y'all and i just want to keep saying thank y'all so much for the support every week i'm getting new um messages or text messages or someone let me know that they've been listening to the podcast and are enjoying the podcast so i'm so grateful for that and i've been having so much fun with this mother's month series that we're going to be coming to an end soon for the month of May, but um, you guys have really been enjoying it. So I'm glad that you guys were on this mother's journey with me. And shout out again to all my mommies out there near and far. I love y'all. You're hosing it down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But um, yeah, everything is going great. I hope everyone is having a great week. I have no complaints on this end. Um, my pregnancy is going well. I just went to my doctor's appointment today. So... I am a week shy of six months which is crazy to me like my doctor said next my next appointment I'm doing my glucose test which for all of you people who know that's when you have to drink that sugar drink or whatever and I just feel like that was like at the end so I'm like man this pregnancy is going so fast so that makes me excited and we did our registry today and yesterday so it's becoming super real like I let Madison um do the registry at Target like I let her scan the items and she just like got next level excited (laughs) like I could tell like she was like this is for real and I know how that feels because I remember feeling that way doing my registry for Madison like okay this is for real now I'm getting items (laughs) so super excited y'all thank y'all so much for everybody who has um prayed for me on this journey of pregnancy and all those things, thank y'all. I'm super excited and we'll keep y'all a brisk of all the developments as they come along. But um, yeah, I, I do have to touch on Game of Thrones just a little bit for all my Game of Thrones fans out there. And let me just say, I saw this post earlier, like how, you know how when a show is big, then they have like all this pressure for people who don't watch the show. Now you kind of feel like, man, I should watch the show. But I just want to give myself a shout out because I have been on the Game of Thrones tip since it started. Like 10, I don't know if it's 10 or 11 years ago. It was a long time ago. But I have been on this journey from the jump. And shout out to my old friend Samuelito, Samuel Toronto. I don't know if he even remembers this. We worked at Bank of America in Guestfield, New York. And he got me hip to Game of Thrones. And he used to read the books. So he was really, really like into it. And so he would always like fill me in and give me all the 411. And then I got into the show. Then I got Jesse into the show. So it's been super cool. Like, I, I've never been a part of a show from beginning to end like this. If if it was a show we were into. Because we do, like, a lot of the HBO series, Jesse and I. But I feel like I always kind of came in at the middle and kind of had to catch up. But it, it was really cool to be a part of a show from the beginning. And now to watch it all the way at the end. So we went to a watch party with some friends and had a lot of fun. And, um... Yeah, so shout out to Game of Thrones. You guys were awesome. I had mixed emotions about the ending, but once like I talked through it and worked through it in my mind, I was like, you know what, it ended the way it was supposed to end. So I won't I won't give any details for anybody who may be getting into it or hasn't seen the last episode yet, but super exciting that I was a part of that. I feel I feel like I was a part of that. Like I feel like I was on the cast or something like that. But anyway, <laughs> I'm moving along to, um, this episode. So I'm really happy to have been able to honor mothers and I wish I could have honored more. Uh, I tried to kind of make my, I, tr- I tried to touch on mothers from all different walks and, um, different, you know, like different types of mothers, not just your traditional, like we had, um, the first episode was just my group of girlfriends who, you know, we're all pretty similar moms. One of my, one of my girlfriends was a teen mom. One of my other friends has a special needs son who's a mom of of that situation. So I kind of wanted to touch on a few different things. Randy of course has her natural twins as well as her adopted twins. I had my beautiful mom and sister, which was amazing. And um, this week I thought it was really special to honor, um, my friend Sarah Bridgman, who is a foster mom. She's a puppy mom as well. Not a puppy, but a dog mom, because Mabel is not a puppy, but a dog mom. But as well, she is a foster mom. And shout out to my girl Brittany. I was gonna say hand, but it's not. Um why do I wanna say Brittany Murphy? And that is not right. <laughs> I am so sorry, Brittany Morris. <laughs> I love you, Brittany. I am so I don't say your last name enough, Blake and Brittany. Shout out to Brittany Morris, who is always talking about she's a mom because she's a mom to her dog, Drake. And I'm like, you're not a mom. But look, shout out to all the moms out there, even you, Brittany. You're a mom to baby Drake or a big Drake. But um, it's been really fun honoring moms because I just think that's such... A special special role and I think that sometimes you can feel underappreciated or you can feel like you're not doing a great job or just I don't know there's there's a lot of insecurities that can come with that so I do want to shout out to all the moms and thank you guys for um you know, being on this journey with me so, to celebrate moms and to honor moms. So this week, again, like I said, we are getting into... I, I haven't really been doing too many Hey Girls for the month because I really just want to shine lights on all the moms out there. Um Shout out. And, and if I was doing a Hey Girl, this is not really a Hey Girl, but this is just kind of like something I want to mention. Um, I would love to send prayers out to Priscilla Shear's mom who... If you don't know, is Tony Evans, Bishop Tony Evans' wife, who is battling cancer. I believe she um, had cancer and was in remission and it's come back. So, Sending all the prayers and loves to her this week. So please do that um, as a Hey Girl Hey community. But anyway, um, I'm I'm excited for this interview this week because I'm interviewing again my girlfriend Sarah Bridgman as she talks about the journey as a foster mom, which is very different, very unique. So um, I hope you guys enjoy this interview. So here's my girl, Miss Sarah Bridgman. I'm so excited to have my beautiful friend Sarah Bridgman on the podcast. Hey girl, hey. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) And let me say that Sarah is one of my friends that was a part of the podcast in its infant stages when it was just a thought and supported me so much. She did my amazing logo and just has been like a friend that has held me down 120%. I feel like...
0: I feel like I was, like, your biggest fan. Like, and I, I am your biggest fan. Like you
1: kept like, saying that. Like, when I when it was, like, a thought, you were like, I love the Hey Girl Hey podcast. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, you were definitely one of the people who encouraged me to do it. And, like, once I was doing it, you were all in. So thank you so much for that. I think I owe you my well, life just for all well, the support. Well, I feel
0: like just spending time with you and talking with you, it's like I want everyone else to experience <laughs> Tim Miller. Like I feel like everyone should experience it like you walk away from your presence and you like never laugh so much but then you leave with these like amazing nuggets
1: Aww. that like
0: you feel like you think about later and you're like that just drew me closer to the Lord <laughs> and I didn't even realize because I was like laughing the whole time oh and that like gosh. did something in my spirit oh, so I, love like you I feel so like much. everyone should experience that.
1: Well, thank you you're a part of this journey so much so thank you thank you thank you um, but this month as everyone knows we've been honoring mothers all month and I knew I wanted you on the podcast off the bat because I just feel like your story and your journey is so different it's, it's mothering in a different way but it's it's Is still so important. And I feel like a lot of people don't talk about this journey. So you are a Mm -hmm. foster mother. You have your second foster baby right now. Hold on. Before we get deep Mm -hmm. into the foster world, we do have to talk about you as a mommy to Mabes, the amazing bulldog. Talk a little bit about Mabel and how Mabel is famous and how Mabel became famous. Can you give us a little brief synopsis (laughs) of that? Very
0: important. She's actually snoring literally like five feet from me right now. So I was (laughs) like... I don't know if that's going to disrupt the podcast. It's perfect.
1: Is, it's perfect. It.
0: Yeah. So Mabel is my English bulldog that I just adore so much. And I feel like everyone adores her because she is amazing. Yes. Um. And I would always post these like kind of silly pictures of her. And she started to draw some attention from some, you know, celebrities. And I mean, one particular celebrity. So then who was Reese Stone? so then she started posting Mabel's pictures and kind of just, um, you know, just grew her fame a little bit. I just, I lived my fame through Mabel. Yes. And, um, I'm like her stage mom.
1: <laughs> you are. Um, <laughs> she gets so mad when you dress her all up.
0: <laughs> she hates it. She hates everything about it. I have to bribe her with treats just to dress her up in something stupid. So oh yeah, my so gosh Mabel.
1: I love Mabel and I'm so allergic I'm to let her. me say how I'm allergic to Mabel but I don't care because I love Mabel so much that I, I will come around Mabel and lay all up on Mabel and just get Literally an allergy pill from Sarah <laughs> Yeah, you slept I, I want
0: to say she slept in the bed with you like yeah, that's how like,
1: much, I don't care that I'm allergic I love were. her I love her and I'm gonna play yeah. with her <laughs> shout out to Mabel we tradition. love you we love you so much okay so let's we get to the serious stuff but um so you're a foster mom. Um, how did you decide that you wanted to become a foster mom? How did that idea and that that thought even come about with you?
0: So it's kind of it's kind of a weird situation. I well, I've been single, so I'm thirty six years old. So I've been single for a long time. I'm a photographer and that's my job and so my job was always to, you know, take pictures and celebrate people's weddings and celebrate you know, newborns and take all these photos and then just kind of come home to a house alone, you know, obviously just with me and my dog. And so after doing it for so many years, it started to just really, I felt like I, I went into like a bit of a hole, a bit of a depression with it. And like, God, like, you know, kind of, where are you? Like, why am I, why is this my life? It's gotta be like literally thrown in my face. It's not like I can just hide from, the things that I I wish, the desires of my heart, you know what I mean? Like, I just had to kind of um, always be in front of it. And so I went on this journey with the Lord to just kind of, like, figure out, like, what, how, what it meant to be pursued, you know, like, pursued by God. And I just feel like I went on this really beautiful journey with the Lord, which is always, it's still a struggle. Like, those, you know, the... Those feelings always pop into my head. Actually, you said something to me that always sticks with me, and I was talking about how you know you go to this place of oh I don't know if I'll ever get married or I'll ever have a kid, and but you said like you can have those feelings, but you don't have to stay there. Yeah. And that was like a huge thing for me that I always tell myself like those feelings may pop up in me, but I don't have to. I don't have to sit in that. And I'd rather I'd rather die hoping. Mm-hmm. that the desires are going to be fulfilled here on earth. You know what I mean? Like yes. I'd rather get, to, I feel like God honors that so much more than us living in this place of, well, it's never going to happen. And you know what I mean? So exactly. I, so I went on this journey with the Lord and, you know, I, a friend of mine, I actually had like three or four different friends say, you know, you're so natural with your kids. Like you're so good with kids. You Do everything about fostering. And every time they would say that I would say, no, no, no. Like I'm not doing it alone you know, I work a full-time job. Like I, I felt like fostering and going into this child thing by myself was like, it's almost like admitting that I'll never find a husband. Mm. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. like,
1: it was like giving like in into something like that was like, like yeah, like mm-hmm. it's
0: never going to happen. So why not jump to the next phase? So I always turned it down. I mean, this was probably like two years that people kept bringing it up to me. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. So a friend of mine who I haven't talked to in like 10 years, sent me a text and she said, would you consider fostering a four-year-old little girl? And like immediate, my immediate response was, where is she? I'll go get her right now. Like wow. it wasn't even like a second thought in my head. It was like, there's a child in need. Yes, I would never turn that turn that down. Mm. And she goes, no, I don't actually have a four-year-old little girl. She goes, but I had a dream. And in that dream, you were fostering this little girl. She was like, I don't know, like, what it meant. She was like, but it just seemed so real. She was like, that I felt like I needed to just tell you it. So, of course, in my head, I'm thinking I'm going to get a four-year-old little girl. But the reality was, I think that was God's way of just, like, waking me up to the thought of, like, you keep saying no, but if a child really was in need, you would never turn that child away. Right. And the reality is there are there so are children, children
1: in need. In need yeah. You know?
0: So it kind of put like a real child to the idea of it. Like we thought that there was this little girl, you know. So it was, I mean, literally a week later, I went to a um, foster support group at my church, got some info, and then like within like two weeks started the process of, um, you know, going through the training for foster
1: fostering. fostering. Uh-huh.
0: So yeah, so that's basically how it all started.
1: Wow. That's amazing. And I love like, it's crazy. We just had a message on Sunday and I don't know if you got to hear it. Cause I know you do stream sometimes hope city services. I do. I love yeah, I love um, but that was like, the message was like, when you're going through something, instead of asking God, why asking God, like, what am I supposed to do with this situation? And it sounds like right. you were like dead on with, okay, what can I do with this season of my life? And you really, really like delved into it in such an amazing way. So once you started that process, um, what was the time frame before you got your first foster baby? And and what did that feel like?
0: So I started, I think it was 12 weeks of classes you had to go to. It was probably like another couple months of just getting all the paperwork and stuff done. So uh, maybe like six months total. Okay. And then I think I waited like two months before um I got the first placement I would get a ton of phone calls like you get calls all the time but they call you before they actually go to court okay. so they say would you be willing to open up your doors to you know this child every time I said yes you know actually the only time I said no was to two children because I was like I don't even know if I can handle one right now so <laughs> we're going to into so um so but then when they go to court they end up um Either you know a family member will step forward, so you you think that the child is coming, and you don't actually, but you don't know until they actually walk out of court. So, um, they called me for the first little girl. I was doing a shoot like an hour from my house, and they said they never called me before court. So they said we have a we have a newborn who needs a, needs a home in an hour.
1: Wow! And I was like,
0: what? Yeah, <laughs> and she was. She went through withdrawal like she had a really rough start she was four days old um and actually sorry she was 10 days old the the little one I have right now is four days old so um my I just messaged my family my brother-in-law came set up a crib like everything just kind of fell into place like really quickly that I was ready I already actually had a, like a crib kind of waiting It just nothing was set up yeah because I didn't know what age group I was going to get yeah. so um yeah I, and then it was just you know you, you, you get stuff as you go too so it's like you know actually the day after I got her I took her to uh, Bye Bye Baby in a, on a towel because I didn't even have a baby blanket <laughs> and she was this little thing and people were everyone was giving me dirty looks they're like how could you bring this baby out in public you know this newborn baby thinking I had this baby but I was like, I had to
1: buy stuff for her, you know? Right, right, right. Wow. (laughs) So when you got the first baby, uh, did you feel like, did it feel like this is exactly what I was supposed to be doing? Or were you kind of like, oh, shoot, what have I I gotten myself into? It was
0: definitely in the second. (laughs) It was, I have like so much fear and what what am I doing? Mm -hmm. There's no way I can handle this. I mean, and she had a like a rough start to life so it was a lot of screaming a lot of sleepless nights like babies going through withdrawal it's a whole different type of screaming baby like I know a lot of babies like stay up through the night and you know moms always struggle with the sleepless nights but it's like a whole different level which I didn't realize yeah I also didn't realize that you couldn't you could say no to a baby going through withdrawal like I just like in my head I was like yeah I could do that like what's the difference but I talked to some other foster moms who say like that was one of the things like they wouldn't take because they knew they couldn't handle it so I do, I dove in pretty deep from the start like I didn't yeah, you I did. didn't really use my way in chest.
1: yeah <laughs> wow 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 yeah and so you had that baby for how long your first baby
0: I had the first one for so she was pretty quick so she was two and a half months and um, her situation like really was, you could see the hand of God, like all over her situation because she ended up going with her grandparents and I became really good friends with the grandparents and, um, they're like part of my family. I still see her. She was actually just over my house last Friday night. Um, I babysat her and I was at their house on Christmas morning. I mean, Aww. she's literally, it's, yeah, it's like you could, like I said, it, it's a really rare situation because a lot of times you walk through this and um, you don't ever know if you're going to see that child again. Yeah. That was was definitely like a blessing that I could still be a part of her life. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: And I didn't know that when I knew I had to give her back. I didn't know that I was ever going to see her again. But like the night before giving her back, I just remember feeling like so much peace. Like It's like people say they can't, you can't really explain the peace of God, but that was what I felt like that night spending that last night with her is just so much peace. And then, you know, meeting the grandparents, like, I just still, I just felt so much peace over the situation. And within like a week they were contacting me, asking me questions, like, how did you do this? And what did you, you know, they were just so um, kind and welcoming to me. It wasn't like, give me my baby. It was more like we want to respect what you've done with her. And, you know, so that was definitely, like I said, I definitely saw God's grace throughout that situation. It could have been a lot more traumatic to so have to get give her back.
1: That is amazing. Um, I love that story. I love that you're still close with them and they bring you food and yeah. stuff, the grandparents, I remember you saying. So it's like a real bond oh that you guys have built.
0: Yeah. The grandma is the best cook ever. And she feeds my entire family. I mean, she literally made a lasagna for our whole family for Christmas. I mean, they're.
1: <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so. I love it. I love it. So, how long before um, that first baby did you get your second baby that you currently have? What was the time frame of that?
0: Um, okay, let me think. I'm so bad. I'm so bad at timing. Um, I probably had like. I actually took a break. I, I needed a break. So I didn't sleep for two and a half months, and I was like, they had called me. I think within like two days of giving her back I had another call. Oh wow. And I said I'm taking it. so I took a month off because I just was like I needed a month to recover from that. Um and October. So I had to I gave her back in October and then the next placement came December. So like end of October, so like there was like a month in between, month and a half in between.
1: Wow! But
0: I did take a little bit of a. They called me all the time, but I did take a you know a little bit of a break. Yeah, because newborns are
1: hard. And They're hard, and the the ones you get are extremely hard. So, do you feel like the baby one kind of prepared you for baby two because they baby two was also yeah. going through the withdrawals and all those things?
0: Baby two was on a whole different level. Baby one that was just had one drug inner system and baby two was like multiple so it was um a yeah baby two was like a whole different level and I remember before I um, fostered my prayer for the baby that I was going to get is I always wanted a baby that was peaceful and would smile really easily because I'm a photographer I like it Always bothers me when I can't get kids to smile. Uh-huh. And I love when you just see a baby and they have that, they just naturally smile at you. It's always like makes my job so much easier. but yeah. so when I have to work for that smile, I'm like, oh gosh. So, and it was always my prayer. And this little guy that I got had the most miserable face and oh. screamed, I mean, for 12 hours a day, screamed like blood curling scream for 12 hours a day, like non stop all day long. There was nothing he would you know, claw at his skin, and he would, like, be bleeding. His body was, like, so tight. He would rub his feet together so hard that his heels were all bloody. And, oh. I mean, he, yeah, it was it was a rough go for him. And it was probably, like, two months. And then it was, like, one. And I remember praying, like, I also wanted a little girl, too. Just in my head, I always just... A little girl, and I remember being like, I got nothing, like it's the complete opposite of everything oh, wow. that I prayed for. You know, I prayed for the peaceful baby and a baby that smiled easily, and this baby was just so unhappy and the most non peaceful baby. And I just remember like crying and being like, I didn't get on anything, I, you know, all this stuff. Like, why did this happen? And one day he woke up and it was like, new that everything was out of the system and he just had this like beautiful smile on his face Aww. and I felt like God was like just hold on just be like, patient that yeah. yeah like he was just hold on because you don't know what's at the other end of this and when he smiled I cried for like two days I couldn't even look at him and he smiled for no reason like it was like we weren't even doing anything and he just and he still to this day smiles he's a smiley baby time. yeah everybody who talks to him he smiles at and it's like like i said for like the first few days i would just like sob because i was like that was the hardest that was like the most like the hardest
1: smile to get to you know yes oh i love it i love 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 that now so and for your current baby do you are just even as a foster mom do you like constantly fear that he'll leave like at any second or, or are you prepared yeah. for that process
0: I'm def- I'm not prepared. Um, yeah, definitely uh, you have a little bit of, uh, I mean, maybe not everyone does, but I have a little bit of a wall, <clears throat> excuse me, like of protection against up for myself. Like I can't fully, actually Mother's Day was really difficult for me because so I felt like I couldn't fully embrace Mother's Day. I couldn't let myself go there. Mm-hmm because it's so unknown. It's such a complicated Mother's Day. Yeah. You know, like you feel like, you know, he's not really mine, but I've been in this role of taking care of him for five months now. And, but I didn't want to embrace it because embracing it was like, I just felt like it was too much fear in embracing that because what if I lose that when I embrace that, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> excuse me. Um. Yeah. So there's always a, um, you know, that, that fear I feel like that comes along with it it's always a prayer I mean daily I pray that I'm able to like give him all the love that he needs and then God will just just, like fill in all the rest you know what I mean like that because I know like especially as a parent like we're not meant to be able to give our children everything you know what I mean
1: like we're not
0: meant to like be able to fill every single like space in their life Mm -hmm. that's what God, and so for me, like, being a single foster mom, like, not having a husband with a boy, I feel like a husband is so important. It's important for a son and a daughter, but especially for a son. Mm-hmm. So that's always my prayer, too, is that, like, God will feel that place of a, a father in his life, like, yeah. even though he's so little, but nights when he's screaming and I have to just, like, put him down and walk away because I'm about to lose it because I haven't slept in hours, you know, that. <laughs> I literally just pray. I'm like, okay, God, like, I need you to step in and be his father right now and, like, just protect him. So um, that's definitely, like, constantly a prayer that, because you don't feel like you're giving enough, you know? Yeah. He will just he'll be enough for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know, I hear you saying, that Mother's Day was hard for you, and I know you had already expressed that to me. But I just feel like you are so a mother. Like, I don't know what else you would need to do to like know that you are the sacrifice that you've made. Like I just and that's why I like wanted to honor you when I did you as my hey girl hey and even like now it's like yeah. you have made like the ultimate sacrifice without even, you know, as a as a mo- as a natural mom, you know, you go through the birthing process and the pregnancy and all those things that kind of build you up mm-hmm. for um the baby's arrival. But you went you you've gone through the sacrifice without even that element of like you know the the joys that come with that and so I feel like yeah and so you have like you are a mother and that's what I'm like there's so many different ways that women can mother it's our natural instinct to nurture and to mother and so don't ever Mm -hmm. feel like you're not a real mother because you are like even when I, when you become a real mother, you it'll go to the next level when you become a natural mother. But right now, yeah. like, you are mothering. Like, God has called you to mother these babies for right. whatever the time frame is. So, like, I'm just so appreciative that you've accepted that major, major call that many people yeah. would not even accept, for sure. Yeah. yeah it's
0: definitely difficult. And <laughs> definitely, like, walking into that mother role is... Um, like I said, it's
1: scary, but I do know it's
0: something that I do need to, you
1: know, fully embrace. Yeah. For him. You for know? sure. For sure. You're doing an amazing job. So what um, mm-hmm. what does that look like for you? Like when you think about, you know, your future family, like when you meet your husband, when you have your natural children, do you feel like um, fostering is something that you will continue to, to pursue? Or do you think that this is just something in this season of your life?
0: Um, I'm definitely open to adoption for sure even as it's like a single you know mom um and I remember when I first started fostering a lot of concerns from like people around me were like but what if like you know you find a guy and he doesn't want you know all that extra baggage or this and that and my thing was that like I'm 36 years old like any guy I meet at this point like if he's not ready for kids then um, he's probably not the guy for me at thirty six years old. I could see it at like twenty years old. You yeah. know what I mean? Kind of walking into that with a child is a little different, but at the age that I'm at, um, you know, that's just as a major quality that I'm looking for in a guy. A guy that, and a lot of guys, even if I, a lot of guys that I do meet or do go on dates like they already have their own kids too. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I definitely would be would want to blend families together you yeah. mm-hmm. know if that were to happen if I were able to adopt or um, I don't know if I'll foster forever like I definitely have more of a heart for adoption because fostering is so hard like I think raising a kid is hard in itself but then to deal with all like the um, Social work side of our, all the issues of foster care—it's—it it is really hard. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole other element to it, dealing with like the, all the behind-the-scenes stuff that don't even have to do with the child. Yeah. So um, it's like I think my goal in going into foster care is probably like being able to adopt eventually. Okay. Even though they tell you that's not really what foster care is about, it's the they they always instill in your brain that it's for reunification with the. Birth family, okay. So they keep saying that, but there's still always that hope that, and I think a lot of foster moms would say the same thing. A lot of foster moms that I talk to, there's always that hope that if you're going to be raising this child. You know, nobody wants to give up that child. Right. So, um, yeah. So I don't know if I'll foster in the future. Um, I guess I'd have to see if uh, you know what happens in the next with this this process that I'm in right now.
1: Yeah. And so what advice would you give to someone that's in your situation that's looking to foster? Like I know you're in New York state and every state probably has a little bit of a different policy, but what, what things that would you have wished someone told you in advance, like just going into that process?
0: Um, I would, I wish that, I mean, I would just say to basically have like no expectations. Like because <laughs> I had so many expectations and, you know everything was the complete opposite mm-hmm. um it is really hard but you know obviously as hard as it is it's harder for that child right. you know as hard as it is for us to have this kid come and go like I can't imagine being you know a four-year-old or a five-year-old and literally having your life everything you know, be taken from you you right. know starting over like that that child is coming into my life my life changes because i have a kid in my life but it really like what i know doesn't change you know right so just keeping that in mind that it's really not it's not about us at all you know so as hard as it is for us it's hard to a whole nother level for that child um so you know i haven't had to have a child you know i just had babies but i just know from other stories that when those kids Act out or are really difficult. It's coming from a whole nother place. It's not coming from them wanting to be defiant, you know. It's coming yeah. from just like this fear place. So um, another thing I would just say is to, if you really want to go for it, just I would say put your yes on the table, but also know your boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, like so for me, like there was like I said when they called for like two kids, there was like this part of me that was like, oh my gosh, how can I turn away two children? But then I was like, there's no way I can do two kids by myself. This this is crazy. Like for me to even think that at this point, maybe in the future I could do that. But right now with my work schedule, I couldn't do that. So, you know, like I said, push your yes on the table, but also have it set like our yes is on the table as long as it fits within these boundaries of what we can handle. Because you know what you can handle. Right. You know, so and you maybe start off, start off a little easing into it. Um, I know some people who start with respite care, which is like um, just taking somebody else's foster kid, like if they go on vacation for a week or two or just giving a foster mom a break. Okay. Um, that's how some people will start in foster care. So it's just like a nice way of easing your way into it instead of like diving in fully. Yeah. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of different ways, I think, of just getting your feet wet and seeing if it's for you.
1: That's great advice Thank you Sarah I love it I love it Well I'm so excited for you I love you so much And I just think You're such a beautiful person Inside and out And um yeah, I just hope that you feel all the love this month and this this Mother's Day month yeah. or Mother's Month that I've been doing for for mommies because you are definitely a mommy. And I just feel like so many people are going to enjoy this story because it's just so unique and so unheard of. I just, I just don't hear people talk about this journey. So I love that you are willing to share this with us.
0: Thanks, and thanks for reaching out. and I'm so excited to be on Hey Girl, Hey. I love Hey
1: Girl, Hey. Hey Girl, Hey, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can go ahead and wrap. This was a great conversation. So, bye, girl. Bye. <laughs> bye. Love you. Love you. Bye, girl. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I really, really loved it. It was so many different moments that I just kind of felt like. I just felt in see God throughout that whole situation so much and it's just I want to continue to honor Sarah and honor any other mothers that go through that sacrifice because that is real you know a lot of people wouldn't choose to walk that walk so um for people like that that are making that decision to help in that way and to mother in that way all the love in the world to you guys so um thank y'all so much for tuning in and I'll see y'all next week bye girls bye